0: What's up, guys? You're listening to the Colorado Cars and Coffee podcast with me. Uh, we have a Alex. We have a full cast here today. Um, myself, Alex, Dan, Terry, John, uh, Matt, Hayden. Uh, so we basically everybody that's been on the podcast. Steve is just watching. Steve
1: is is engaging in voyeurism on our uh, Discord call here.
2: He's rubbing his belly button while we talk. (laughs) He's got biscuits. It's
1: it's uncomfortable, but you know, if you really, if you're really determined, you can do a podcast under those conditions. So we're we're here.
0: It's all good. It's very true. All right, let's get into the uh, the weekend events update. Um, We are we've kind of switched a little bit. Um, I'll just mention. I think the next podcast we're probably going to end up skipping ahead a week and announcing events that are happening the week um, prior to the, the podcast that we launch because um, we air it on Fridays. And then, you know, you basically just have like 24 hours to listen to the podcast and get updated on the events happening. So we are going to start um, updating the events for the next week. But for this podcast, this is still Dick's, this week's, um, this week's events.
1: This weekend uh, so the, being the, uh, what would it be? The 20 weekend of the 23rd.
0: 23rd, right?
1: 23rd Friday. 23rd would be Friday. Yep. Just, just to, just to clarify.
0: Definitely. So on Friday, um, our very own Tots and Tailpipes is happening, um, at Superior again, um, at the, uh, the, the Superior location, uh, 5 p.m. is a start to about 8 a.m. People generally tail off around that time anyways. Um, we are making it a Toys for Tots event. Um, so if you do come, uh, we'd ask you if you have the capacity to bring, um, you know, a, uh, a small toy uh, packaged um, to donate to the Toys for Tots charity drive that we're doing. Um, dress warm. It's going to be a little chilly. Um, I've heard some buzz about snow after this weekend. So it is going to start getting a little, little chilly here. Um, but, yeah, that is that is our first event. Uh, Friday, at 5 o'clock,
1: uh, Tots and Tailpipes. At Sonic and Superior. Yep.
3: Sonic and Superior. Yep. Okay. Very good. So just so you know, Toys of Tots, a new unwrapped toy. Doesn't matter the size. Bring the toy. Make the kids happy over Christmas. And then on Saturday, we do have the Halloween Trunk or Treat. It is at 6 p.m. at Berkeley Park, which is 4601 West 46th Avenue in Denver. So again, is what Alex is saying, it's probably a little bit nippy on the weekend. So do dress warm if you want to do the Trunk or
1: Treat. Then on Saturday, uh, bright and early, eight thirty or uh, sorry, eight a.m. to three p.m., uh, there is the truckit truck meet at Ppir Pikes Peak International Raceway. That would be in Fountain, Colorado.
2: All right, and on uh, Sunday, also early, uh, from nine a.m. to noon, uh, Sunday morning coffee, the Enlisted Association and Veterans Coffee uh, will be having a gathering at three zero six seven. Colorado Springs on South Academy.
4: Also on Sunday, down here in the hometown of Colorado Springs, at Adam and Son Repair and Service, 4365 Austin Bluffs Parkway. They have a Cars and Caffeine. That's from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m.
5: And then rounding everything off on Sunday uh, from 10 to 2. Uh, there's the DCSD. Bridge fundraiser event, and car and motorcycle show. Uh, as always, that's just kind of a truncated list of all of our events. You can always check out the uh, Facebook page. You get the full full menu of events there.
0: yeah, again, yeah, if you uh, like Matt just mentioned, if you do want any more details about these events, um, look at our uh, Facebook event page uh, for all of the details, locations, times. And then also, um, every Thursday and or Friday, we put out an Instagram post with the upcoming schedule. So take a look there. Uh, watch for cancellations. Um, those tend to happen this uh, this time of year. So, yep.
4: I do have word that.
0: And we'll just update you on that really quick.
4: Oops. That last event that mentioned <laughs> breaking news
0: <laughs> in real
5: time wow. is already
0: Can't wait. The, again the best place to to look up. Isn't happening. Um, um follow us on on those places. We will uh, we'll jump straight into the topics here. We'll kick off with problems in car culture right now.
4: Now has been set.
0: Uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, about this,
1: also in American. Yeah, it's. Um, hang on a second. There was a record in the past, and they're like, "Wait, mm, Shelby!" Yep. It's like, "No, different it's Shelby." SSD North America is how they're known now. So
0: the car is called the Tuatara. Tuatara. Oh, Tuatara.
1: Yeah, it's oh, weird... okay. Tuatara. It's a very Tuatara. weird one to yeah. pronounce. It something
0: like no that. idea. Thank you for the assist there. I I had not heard that in the audio yet. I just watched the like in car <laughs> yeah, race. Tuatara, and they didn't say the name of the cars. Oh yeah, I, mean, I look.
5: I mean, that's the pronunciation for the lizard. That was what I looked up. Ah, okay. I never saw. It. I couldn't find like an official pronunciation for the car, so I just googled the pronunciation for the lizard. <laughs> not, or not lizard. Not it's, lizard. It's not it's a, a lizard. Not it, a, it's, it's a reptile. reptile.
2: Oh my god, we're <laughs> gonna have this
0: <laughs> again. <laughs> this is this is a joke from the the setup meeting we had uh, yesterday. It's uh, it's importantly not a lizard, even though it, it is exactly a lizard. It's it a looks like a
5: warty iguana. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyways. More about the car, Uh 5.9 liter twin turbo V8 built by Nelson racing engines um, can apparently produce up to 1,750 horsepower on e uh, 85 um, on mm-hmm. like on regular 91 pump gas that we get here in Colorado. It's making about 1350 horsepower. So it's no slouch. Um, yeah, it ran on nitrogen filled uh, Michelin. Pilot Sport Cup two tires, which is kind of cool because um, those are just tires you can like buy regularly. They're not like the reg- uh, Bugatti like special engineered kind of things or anything. They're just like normal tires. Um, the tires are not rated for the speed, obviously. So um, Michelin was did not give their blessing. I'm sure they're stoked that the the record yeah. was done on their tires, but Michelin was like, nah, we can't guarantee this is going to work." <laughs> um, well, now I they're like, "Well." We sh-
2: we know what it goes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yep. I think uh, it worked. I it worked once. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know a ton about the testing, Hayden Terry. Maybe you know more about the the tire specs here. But they have to do like a certain amount of miles at the designated speed. I don't. I don't know what the math is. The but.
1: the way that they test these sorts of things, uh, production car speed records, is very different from. Uh, what is that? What is that called? Like. Land, land, land speed rate, like the you know, yeah, land hill, featured, yeah. Paths, yeah, yeah I mean, like that because that's way different. They have to go both directions to account for mm-hmm. wind yep. and then take an average. So mm-hmm. it's this sort of thing is completely, completely different. I think, uh, I think uh, Koenigsegg went and did a, did a top speed run on a similar stretch kind of looking stretch of road in Las Vegas and. Of course uh Volkswagen group at the time were had the had the record and they were like wow that's are out <laughs> on a public road i mean that's dangerous you know we're at a race track but there's only one track where they can really they can really do it i think it's a Volkswagen test track but I yes it right. is no it is go, it it is. Like go ahead terry
3: it's the uh, Volkswagen private at a lesson test track which the Bugatti ran on
1: and as far as i know there's only there was only, at least for the Bugatti, there was only enough room to just hit it. And then they had to slow down because the straight isn't. Yeah. It's, That's it. becoming
5: the limiting factor now is that it takes so long to get up to these speeds that they're, they're having to do it on, on open roads. Because I remember, was it, uh, it was Hennessy a few years ago had that issue because they were on a uh, runway, airport runway, and they ran out of room.
1: I mean, obviously, yeah. it's the best. It's the most ideal place to do this. I mean, the road right. goes, is straight for straight and has nice pavement for miles and miles. You just have right, to yeah. through the keep, desert, it, yeah. keep it on the gray stuff. Think all it very important. important.
0: So, so, all of these car companies are underestimating the flatness of Nevada.
3: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So one important uh, just clarification. So even with land speed as well as like, you know, production car, they still have to run both directions.
5: Oh, okay. Okay. Mm, okay.
3: Interesting. Yep. Yeah. They yeah, have to width. run the same route in the, in the opposite direction. Of course, it's it's an average speed on both both directions. Yeah. So,
0: so the, that brings us to the official record. So the official record is 316.11, uh, 360 miles an hour and p- 0.11. Um, the top speed they reached in one of the directions was 331, um, which I don't know about you guys. You can comment on it. But when I saw that number... I was just like, I wasn't aware anything was going 300 miles an hour for a production car right now. So that was, uh, that was,
2: this is nuts. This is an insane record. Oh. oh, I agree. To me, it feels like it just came out of left field. Like, hey, by the way, dropped.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, it's really it's really gone a, a little parabolic ever since the McLaren F1 was upstage. Mm-hmm. which, by the way, worth noting. Still, the fastest naturally aspirated production car that still yeah. hasn't been still hasn't been beaten here.
3: Yeah. So, like the first production to hit 300 was was the Bugatti uh, 304. Yep. Uh, but it it, Sharon? yeah. So, yeah. but it didn't get the overall record because they couldn't run it both ways on on the track. So that's why it was never like the fastest production car because they couldn't get the average. But it did register top speed of 304. And of course, you know, with this Chatorra reaching 331. I mean, Jesus. Yeah.
5: yeah. Well, this car has been like kind of urban legend for like probably the past half decade. I remember yeah. seeing stuff about it, you know, early early okay. concept images and, and engineering tidbits here and there. And it was just kind of one of those things like, is this is this ever going to actually hit the road? And then yeah. next thing you know, it's breaking records.
4: I think uh, – yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, go, John. Do it. Go. Um, um, I just wanted to put a short bit about the design. Uh it's designed by Jason Castriota, who I guess dropped out of an art center college in California. Somewhere. He he also had a part in designing the Ferrari five nine nine GTB Fiat Rano, I think it was, and some other cars, which I thought was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, Art Center is uh that's where all the best car designers come from. That's basically yeah that's basically it. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that's all your, all most of your big, uh, Amer- at least American heavy hitters. Yeah. So,
3: yeah. So the, the interesting things are just some of the rules concerning this, you know, one's like both, both directions must be a production car. So they have to make it and show that this is a true production car, et cetera, et cetera. But the interesting ones is, so it has to be, so the top speed run, uh, should be undertaken on public roads and have the vehicle speed tracked by certified gps and must be on street tires and should be fed by regular non-race fuel
2: hmm.
3: which is very Ian, interesting Ian, so it's so not even nice. it's a right.
1: nice uh, little workaround for that Yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah. we're, we're going to get the right. rest power off of this so right. and and, 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 then, it's, and it's pump gas so mm-hmm. the,
3: the the fun thing is like well you know of course like they have to use the state or you know gps measurements they also had um y- they used a, a t-33 jet as well and several right. drones and a helicopter <laughs> that's
2: just machines <geez.
3: laughs>
1: it's, it's just like going holy Christ. yeah it should be a good production or is, is there gonna yeah. be uh i know top gear was out there i don't know if there's gonna be some
3: well they had a helicopter equipped with dry stabilized shootover system so you know this thing's gonna it's going to appear somewhere. I mean, this is going to be a full-blown production. Plus, using a T-33 jet, you know, yeah. to... Yeah, they, this this is... I, I just think it's kind of fun that they they went all out to do it. You know, they follow the rules exactly, and they kind of, like... You know, it's just interesting to see that, you know, unlike a land speed record where it's like, you know, you go to Soul Flats or, you know, you go to Australia and stuff like that, and you, it's time measurement, et cetera, et cetera, and you, and you do it. You know, it's there's a lot involved in everything. I just like the fact that they chose to the, to should you know that that should be undertaken on a public road, and they said, yeah, we're yeah. just going to be on a public road. It's a you perfect
1: know. environment. Yeah, yeah, it, it's well, one,
3: it's kind of cool.
5: One note to those uh, to the rules that they have, they're so strict on that that I remember there was recently one of the Bugatti runs was disqualified from from the actual record because they they. Change the tune or something, and it wasn't exactly how it would come from
3: right. Yeah, the factory. So it mm. got
5: disqualified. It was the tiniest little change. Yep. But it was enough to so. disqualify it from from having the actual record. Yep. So
1: who's going to get? Yeah. Who's going to want to? Uh, who's going to want to take this down the fastest? Is it going to be Volkswagen again with the with Bugatti or someone else? Mm. I, think, mm.
5: I think. Well, Koenigsegg no. may take another stab at it. Uh, Konigseg yeah,
1: yeah. is the is the obvious answer. You're Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you, you got you you Christian von Koenigsegg. The guy is a real life mm-hmm. Bond villain. I mean, just look at
0: <laughs> him. <It's laughs> incredible. The they do yeah. currently hold the zero to 200 to zero, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, records. That's yeah. the one they set well, on the public
1: road previously. Yeah. Huh. Which is fun. It's just a cool record to say that you have. You're
2: like, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever.
1: It goes and stops the fastest.
2: <laughs> IAG block closed deck let's do it no comments thing. from the peanut gallery steve <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: man. sorry steve you're not in this podcast so. uh,
2: <laughs>
3: eat your biscuits and move on <laughs> some
0: uh, some fun specs about the for the tech geeks and engineers out there um <clears throat> the carbon fiber carbon fiber monocoque chassis weighs 2750 pounds not light by like streetcar standards, but is kind of light by supercar standards. The Bugatti is significantly heavier than that. Um, the drag coefficient is 0.279. Um, I have no idea in reference what that means, but um, I imagine it's pretty damn good if it's going 331 miles an hour.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah some fun stuff. It means it goes through the air very, very good. R- that's pretty yeah, slippery. That's, that's extreme, minimal resistance. 0.27 <laughs> is extremely low.
0: Um, it is Red also rear, rear-wheel drive.
1: As it should be.
0: Right. Cool. Yeah, good fun. Glad, uh, you know, USA, USA.
1: Let's go. <laughs> we got it back, boys. Wave, <laughs> ours. wave your flags. Drink a Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> Crush, it Crush it on your head. Crush it on your head.
3: Get Schlitz. <laughs> hey, Schlitz.
1: All right,
0: <laughs> we're, we're gonna um, direct coefficient slide into uh, Petit Le Mans 2020 recap here. Terry and Hayden, I will let you guys uh, take this away and and uh, recap us on what happened in Petit Le Mans.
1: Well, for the for those who don't know, every the the first question is uh, about about that race when they hear Petit Le Mans is wait a second, isn't it Le Mans in France? And yes, it is. Twenty four Twenty four hours of Le Mans is in France. This takes place at Road Atlanta in Georgia. Uh, this was an event started in the nineties by, uh, the late great Don Panos. And, uh, it was originally a 1000 mile race and they, uh, it was 1000 miles or 10 hours starting off. And then once the cars got faster and faster, they just made it 10 hours straight. Um, but sorry, those of you
0: that don't speak French fluently, petite means small.
1: Mm. Yeah. little little (laughs) mall. That's what it is. Um, Thank you for that lesson.
2: But yeah, good. So, are you know,
1: I—I I mean, I personally love IMSA racing. I think that's some. I think that IMSA particular sports car racing is some of the most interesting racing you can watch, and a lot of them are endurance races like this. You know, it's a slow burn. It's about pit strategy. It's about staying alive. It's about being there in the last couple of hours to to you know to fight for your fight for the win in your class, and obviously about getting around traffic because you have prototypes and gt cars all out on the circuit together and uh road atlanta if you're not familiar with that it's it's tight at a few spots you know the prototypes they really lose time having to uh you know slide into gt traffic but uh yeah good good entertaining race overall big drama at the end but uh winning the daytona prototype class overall I uh, got the Konica Minolta Cadillac number number 10 of Ranger van Der Zanda, Ryan Briscoe, Scott Dixon, as if Scott Dixon didn't needed to win anything else more in titles, 2020. Yeah. Nice. no, the guy just hasn't gotten enough. Um, LMP2 got the gear racing powered by GRT Grasser, um, uh, Orica of Mikko Jensen, Job Van Aertsert, and John Ferrano, winning the uh, GT Le Mans class. My dudes, the number 911 Porsche Motorsport uh, 911 RSR, uh, Fred McAvecki, Matt Campbell, Nick Tandy, and coming in with the win in GT Le Mans, got the Scuderia Corsa WeatherTech Ferrari 488 GT3 of Alessandro Balzan, Jeff Westfall, Cooper McNeil. But the big drama, the big story of this race was an incident at the end. Uh, you had uh, the number 31 uh, Action Express Cadillac of Pipo Durani. Well, first it started, actually, if you want to be truthful about it, it started yeah. with Felipe Nazar in the car versus Alexander Rossi in the Acura Team Penske number seven. And they were having it out. And then they switched uh, 31, 31 Cadillac goes to goes to um, uh, Pipo Durrani. number number seven acura dpi goes to uh ricky taylor and then they continued it and then they were really having it out and eventually last uh last few minutes of the race get together Pipo durani back is into the wall backwards heavily damaged uh car acura uh number seven spins number 10 cadillac the race's winner goes through narrowly misses the uh number six of ricky taylor but uh yeah there was a lot of a lot of debate about that incident yeah. uh you know whose fault was it ultimately um as often happens in imsa especially towards the end of the race fighting for a win no action was taken uh i think i do think i still think that was the right call uh at the time however once i really got to analyzing the incident i came to a different conclusion but i don't know if uh Terry had it, anything that stuck out to if there anything stuck out to you? I mean, race. and there I mean, it was
3: a very, very good race. You know, it really was, you know, I would say the incident at the, at the very end. I mean, when I first saw it and I looked at it, I was pretty much with Hayden. It's like it's a racing incident. You know, it it's what's going to happen. You got the last ten minutes to go. People are pushing, et cetera. You know, I thought Pepo should have you know should have been able to realized what was going on, backed off a little bit, you know, on that, you know, g- going into the corner, give it a little bit of room, let that overtake happen. He could hunt them down and, and do what he needed to do. Cause a couple of laps before, you know, Taylor was doing the same thing, kind of backed out, realized wasn't really the best place to do this and, and backed out. But looking at the rest of the replays and over, you know, the last couple of days, I kind of looked at it. I just think I'm not saying like a penalty, but I don't necessarily agree with how aggressive that was going. It was
1: extremely aggressive for people, man. And that's just how, that's how that guy drives. Yeah. That's how, that's
3: how he drives. I mean, he does drive that way and it is going for a race win for sure. You know, I, I none of us here are race car drivers, you know, well, you know, professionally in any shape or form, you know, I just look at it and say, I think I still hold to it where I think a penalty should have came down. You know, in my opinion, not really a racing incident, you know, I think Peppo should have backed off, realized what what, what, what was going on and just let those couple of corners go and then just move on up and and go for it again. Because, I mean, he had the faster car, in my opinion, you know, so it wasn't going to be this great loss of giving up that place because he would have been able to break it down and hunt it down.
1: Well, the thing was all race, the the Acuras were able to stay out front on the back straight. Yes. And really, even though there's a lot, the road Atlanta throws plenty of fast and technical corners at you elsewhere on the track. It really is just about getting out of that slow right hander yeah. onto the back straight as fast as possible. And just getting that top speed just as going, high as yeah. possible before you're, before you're breaking into 10A, 10B. But um, I And I think that may have been on his mind as well because they you know they the um the cadillac prototypes are a are a five and a half liter naturally aspirated v8 the uh the acuras are a uh, honda twin turbo v6 so you know and obviously there's balanced performance you know they're very there these guys are racing very close but they did have different advantages kind of so uh yeah for me that what it came down to is just how how hard, and if you know Road Atlanta, this is coming into uh Turn Six where Ricky threw the threw the dive bomb on him. uh What and what it came down to me for me was that he just defended it too hard. He just kind of what happened was he was defending right. He's on the right side of the yeah. track. Racing line is on the left. He's on the right. Moves to the left. Opens the door, as they say in the business. Right? Yes, he did. And then, and then. Taylor goes through. Taylor dive bombs him, goes through, and it was a dive bomb. But Pepo dive bombed Taylor or into turn one earlier that that stint. You know, it's, yeah. these guys are racing. The same for, thing on
3: the last. You know, for a win. So yeah. So
1: so he goes. So he gets halfway. He gets halfway down his car, and then people tries to you know cut him off. So that's that was it. That was it for me. Um, for for that incident. Uh, it's also worth mentioning the uh, the number sixty three. Uh, Scuderia Corsa Ferrari earlier in the race had uh, had a contact with the uh, number 55 uh, Mazda Dpi coming out coming out of the pits and uh, still went on to what nobody was penalized there and went on to nope. win the race. But yeah, got so, um, yeah. sorry. Go ahead.
3: Oh no, yeah, no. As you said, it, it definitely got heated last less ten ten minutes. I mean, you know, a couple of before. You know, they were really fighting out, and they really were were fighting, and there was another die bomb. You know, it was like the opposite. You know, and you know Taylor backed off like you're supposed to, realizing that you know it's not it's not going to work. I just think everybody got heated.
1: Oh yeah, it was big. Yeah, it's big pressure on both of them. Very very yeah. pressure.
3: People want to win that race. They oh, really yeah. want to win that race. You know, so. I'm not surprised by it because usually if you watch a lot of IMSA, you got to see this, this, this is like atypical of an end of race. Everybody's really pushing, but I'm kind of happy that Porsche finally won a race this year.
1: I know I was, ha- I know it's been all <laughs> like, <laughs> for you guys that haven't been following. It's been all Corvette, that new C that new C8R has just been, yeah, just been cleaning house, particularly the number three with uh, Jordan Taylor and Antonio Garcia. But yeah, yeah uh, you know, like
0: we're just following our uh our Murka theme here today,
1: yeah you will see yeah you will so, see if you haven't <laughs> if you, so I would say if you guys uh if you're into you know certain kinds of racing you're like watching Formula one or whatever, not familiar with sports car racing uh go pull up on youtube uh twenty twenty petite Le Mans highlights and uh yeah. yeah yeah, it's just a half hour highlight of the uh the ten hour race and just kind of check check it out and uh see what you thought of for yourself of that that incident yep, at the end it, it's exactly a lot, there's a lot of people a lot of people saying uh Ricky Taylor was in the wrong, so yeah, just just kind of a how personal opinion how you see it kind of thing but uh just wanted to mention real quick that uh two events left in the imsa calendar um weekend of October thirtieth we'll have uh, uh Weathertech Raceway Laguna seca for a short one, two hours forty minutes. And then ending the season. Yes. At finally, finally at the mobile one 12 hours of Sebring, Yeah. November, November eleventh through the 14th. Um, so that'll be, yeah, on the on the 14th. So looking forward to that because that obviously got postponed. That is yes. that race is usually in March. <laughs> That's right. And just for most people
3: that don't know, um, Petit Le Mans would've been the end of the season. That's usually. That easily- the last race of the season, which is another added pressure on why a lot of people want to win that bad boy. Cause it, they, they really, really want to go. But yeah, as Hayden said, there's, there's two more left. And you know, if you want to get into it, the last two races are probably the two of the best races to really see. If you didn't see, you know, uh petite line is a wonderful, wonderful racetrack, but Mazda, you know, of course this is Laguna Seca, So watching that for two hours, it should get you in to IMSA racing. And then you just top it off with the 12 hours of Sebring, which is just, you know, a completely different world, a two hour race is two hours, a 12 hour race. You'll see the differences. It's, it's really good to watch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it always Sebring just always seems to throw some curve balls at the end. Some crazy stuff happens. I'm just
3: curious now because usually Sebring is notorious for a lot of rain. Of it Could happen. Yeah.
1: I don't know what's been going. I don't. You know, they right. might, they might just get some rain. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, in March, in March, it definitely gets rainy in Florida. Yeah. I was at I was at the race last year and yeah. uh, got rained on for both the uh, WEC and the IMSA race. It was good. So that's our little wrap up of IMSA. There you go, kids. Heck yeah! Excellent.
0: Thanks, fellas. Um, yeah. Next topic here. We're moving on to the um, so. Uh, GMC is making a new Hummer, and it is an EV version. We're getting an electric Hummer coming out. Uh, just a couple real fun facts. Um, it's coming in at just under one hundred and thirteen thousand um, dollars. So steep price. Um, Going to be about a thousand horsepower in it. They claim uh, the zero to sixty is three seconds in a Hummer, which is absurd. Um, one of the cooler features is it does have four wheel steering um so it is going to have a what they claim is like a crab walk mode um which is pretty useful for like an off-road rock climbing kind of thing um all you know all four wheels will be able to turn the same direction and then you'll be able to kind of crab walk over one direction or the other um pretty unique thing for an off-road vehicle um
3: so like dr zoidberg (laughs) <laughs>
0: exactly mm. exactly like dr <laughs> zoidberg yeah
4: i, I just uh, think that it's,
1: it's interesting that this has become the norm that uh that if it, you have an ev it has to be have big enough for your whole family and a thousand horsepower and you know dollars, 000. Zero zero, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. a, neg- a negative yeah. time
0: yeah sorry it it, it it seems like this is a direct cyber truck competition right uh, yeah.
1: How it, it's four well, times
3: the price? <laughs> oh, is I, it? Want, I didn't realize the, the Cybertruck cyber was that cheap. Like
5: 30, it was like yeah, start,
3: Well, it starts. So well, it's, okay, yeah. well let's let's <laughs> clarify Tesla starting. So uh, okay, so three times the price
5: because the cheapest Hummer is going to be eighty grand.
3: Right. So, so two and a half. So historically, what has been the published entry level price for a Tesla to what Elon says it's going to be? Well, that's that that's a fair statement right there. Well, they,
1: because... well, Terry, they don't pull, they don't get the cheaper models out first. No, it's, no. They, they, no they, they, the, it was years until you could buy the $35,000, uh, model and, three.
3: No, I know. I understand that. I am just pointing and, out. And to be
0: fair, GMC is doing the exact same thing here. So yes, of course the, they, are.
3: they all do the same
0: <laughs> thing. Yeah. The, the Hummer, um, is announced to be, um, available for sale in, uh, Twenty twenty two. Um that is exclusively. There's one model, there's only one model. That is going to be the hundred and thirteen thousand dollar model. The <laughs> eighty thousand dollar model Matt referenced is not um supposed to come out until
5: twenty twenty-four. Yeah. Supposed to come out in between there. That's like in between them, obviously it's like ninety thousand or something like that, ninety-five thousand. Yeah, Absolutely. and it's
1: definitely an interesting strategy for GM here. Well, how do well the it's just funny because this started off as a, a military vehicle right and then g mm-hmm. and then g m buys the rights to this thing they make the h two and then h three which mm-hmm. ultimately just got to be i mean in the you know later two you know two thousand two thousand decade when gas prices started started getting mm-hmm. going up they became the poster child of. gas guzzlers and And then you're completely flipping this thing on its head by making it an ev and sticking with that hummer branding it's just that's exactly why they did
5: it it sparked that controversy to get
1: to generate hype about it that's exactly why they did that yeah and uh, obviously uh got a lot of good uh good ev experience they've been making the they've uh the bolt gets a lot of compliments and uh yeah, I'm curious to see what this thing is like. Yeah, they have
5: good EV experience there, but um, and, and this this goes across okay. the board. This isn't just GM, but obviously uh, EV trucks are are uncharted territory for anyone. So yes. it'll be interesting to see. Well, if moving. you actually were to take it off road, how does it perform under under stress and load?
2: Yeah, go ahead. Dan. i what I'm looking at right now, if it's true, and this is probably in perfect you know situation scenario but that 350 miles of range and you can an 800 volt fast charging to get 100 miles of range in 10 minutes that's impressive obviously i, I, I doubt that that's gonna always happen you know but that's still pretty good even if it's plus or minus 10 that's that's awesome
1: right that's it'll, yeah that's getting really really fast now yeah it'll be
0: interesting to see i mean. Uh thus far, electric vehicles have been pretty bad at claiming actual range yeah. and mileage. Um, and it'll be pretty interesting to see if you do, for some reason, take your $120,000 Hummer off-road ever. Um, there's obviously more power consumption dragging that behemoth up a hill instead of just, like, coasting on a highway. So how many miles are you really going to get, like, hill climbing? It's definitely not three hundred and fifty. Um Oh, it- it'll be... Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, go ahead, Dan. Oh no, I, no, I'm I'm just looking. I thought I saw it, but um, never mind. I was looking for. What it, did like, you
1: say? What did you? Say, somebody mentioned the
2: range. Was it you, Dan? What, yeah. What, yeah is it,
1: what is the range on this thing?
2: So the Ultium battery packs that enable 350 miles of range and 350 kilowatts, uh, and that 800 volt fast charging to get 100 miles of range in 10 minutes.
1: I used to know the calcu- the rough calculation for this. <laughs> but this thing is going to weigh a lot. Oh, yeah, what's the curb weight on this? Is even, did, did they
3: release <laughs> the that? What the, I don't know. Let's see. Hold on. What
1: We're the anticipated curb weight but, is?
2: But even the know, curb know. weight, if it can go zero to sixty in three seconds, <laughs> that's,
3: <laughs>
2: but uh, that's
5: a thousand horsepower. There's it's four motors, right? There's a motor right. on each wheel.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thousand yeah. horsepower,
0: all-wheel drive. I mean, that that amount of power can drag a lot of weight. Oh <laughs> yeah,
5: great. no, well, I and, agree. And, and isn't it the the motors are. Uh, their gear, like, it's got a gear on it, so it's it's torqued pretty damn high. I remember seeing yeah. something before they released it, like something about 13,000 foot-pounds of torque.
2: Uh, it is 1,100. It's between 1,000 to 1,100 pounds, uh, pound-square-foot of motor torque. Yep. Mm.
5: That's probably, yeah, that's got to uh, be before uh, gearing.
2: Yeah. Well, what I want to know is what the battery, since we talked about it earlier, the battery consumption in that, Crab mode? Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah crab yeah, that's mode. true. I wanna know what how much that eats up that battery. David,
3: we're talking about battery and interesting things. You you can enable the three-second sprint to 60 using the Watts of Freedom launch control system. Yes.
2: yes <laughs> America. Yes. America.
0: We are, we are crushing the America the theme today. That's I, the of theme of this
1: podcast. Yeah. I have this
0: written down on my notes. I wanted to mention that, and, Terry, I'm so happy you did. They yeah. literally have coined the phrase Wats, Watts, W-A-T-T-S,
1: yeah. <laughs> Watts to, to Freedom,
0: is what their launch control is called. It's absolutely ridiculous, and I love it. That's hilarious.
1: Uh, this
3: it's. Is, it's yep,
1: lot and issues. this is great because the original, the first Hummer, could not get out of its own way. It wasn't yeah. meant, to. right? <laughs> it, wasn't, mean, yeah, exactly. it, it wasn't meant. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't meant for
3: speed. Oh, I yeah. know. It was. It was meant to transport transport four people to their death. So,
2: yep. <laughs> at true. a very <laughs> slow and loud pace. Yes, at a very yep. slow and loud pace. And then, <laughs> right.
3: and then they I went. Just, wait a minute. We did not armor it, so let's put a bunch of shitload of steel armor on it. And well, that will make it, it. a <laughs> lot slower. Yeah. I just, not not the <laughs> I
0: just want to stipulate to listeners, listeners, these are a couple of, of uh, servicemen that are talking about this. So, you know, fully.
3: So, yeah, <laughs> that's great, though. But actually, bringing up what Dan was saying, I wonder how much crab mode sucks the juice.
1: Yeah yeah I guess we'll have to see, like uh somebody mentioned earlier, all this off roady e v stuff is extremely uncharted territory mhm uh,
5: it's, it's at such a weird spot with it. it's obviously being targeted towards a more luxury oh yeah base, and the but it has all this off roading capability. How much of that? <laughs> how many of them are actually gonna get used
2: for for It'll be interesting to see you just say the right. same thing about range Rovers? yes you
3: know? yeah exactly exactly yeah i mean there there's some interesting things just like you know i mean this is a big boy Dude, mean, it's a huge chassis it's it's wider than a raptor
2: mm-hmm. yeah
3: you know so that and raptors are just you know they're big so you know i mean some of it is also like why they're doing the four-wheel steering because it's it's so it can cope with that being you know somewhat off-road you know, crab mode, well, just, it's an interesting thing. I mean, it'd be good to see and see how it goes down, if it's really going to see any off-road use by anybody who buys $112,000. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, I, I doubt no that. Way. No way. <laughs> Some people might do it just to do it, but you don't want yes. a big behemoth of a thing. You want, oddly enough, a Jeep. Yes, so uh, release, or, yeah. or, a, uh, yeah. or a or a forerunner, you know. That's, yeah, that's those, uh, those are the popular. The new Bronco. Yeah, oh, yeah. New Bronco. yeah, yeah. Bronco. That, that works too.
3: Yep. You know, those are the thing. Oh, this is good. So it just have the extract mode that jacks it up fifteen point mm-hmm. nine inches. Yep. That's a, that's actually not that that's yeah. not so yeah.
5: It's on. Did you mention it was on air suspension earlier? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I like There's Extraction a-
4: Mode, too. This is fantastic. Go ahead, John. Yeah, it's, it's great. Oh. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, speaking about comparing it to off-roading vehicles, I found this out. I believe it was Road and & Track, and they um, said it's as long as a Jeep Gladiator. It's obviously wider, like what Terry said. Um, shorter than a Raptor and the Ram TRX. Taller than the Wrangler, Raptor, and Ram TRX. And it has the highest clearance out of all of them, which is pretty interesting. Yeah,
0: it is. It's a in every measurable statistic, it's a behemoth. <laughs> it's a
1: behemoth. Yeah, yeah. it is. Then, yeah, and if, you, and if you and if you think that oh, a Jeep Gladiator, that's not that. Yes, it is. It's, oh, wait. It's it's a long. long, boy.
2: <laughs> yeah. But wait, there's more. The power opening front trunk with storage compartments. <laughs> it has a frunk. Yep. It better. Yeah, no, oh, uh, frunk. I would
1: return that thing if there was no frunk.
2: There's no engine under that bonnet, so. Is, is, yeah,
3: is, isn't a frunk mandatory?
2: <laughs> you need a better of a You'd hope front. so.
4: You well, I think it stores all the, um, the pieces off the roof, so it can be kind of almost convertible. Yeah. That's yeah. what they're oh, saying.
1: True. <laughs> nice. It nice is. Nice. It's it's basically yeah, it's got a tea top, tea, isn't it? T-tops, yeah. Tops, yeah. So they, they give That's it some... It. Go so ahead.
0: Never
3: have... No, no, <laughs> go. Sorry. Go ahead, Alex.
0: They give it some some silly branding name. I, I don't have the effort to look it up right now, but it's like Freedom Tops or something like that. Too. They, <laughs> they branded actually, those I, something awful. I th-
3: think I have it. Hold on. Yeah, I should talk and I'll try and find it. You guys,
5: it, Also, it, so the, while we're on the topic of that, uh, the top, the thing yeah, that tells me about that is, you know, Ford just brought back the Bronco. And here you have what looks like it could be a successor to the blazer and they're wasting that chassis on an ev and it kind of kills me inside
3: yeah i hear you on that one i mean that's something we've mentioned before that you know i think chevy dropped the ball when the you know the bronco re-release oh, came 100%. Out, and they just did this this just stupidity so on the freedom top that's what jeep calls theirs oh okay, oh, that's, right. that's right so in in the spirit of um Watts to Freedom. This will be called the Watt to Top. <laughs> Watt to Top. <laughs> so I will propose that to uh, GM and see if they take me up on that wonderful, wonderful option. Yep.
2: Goodness gracious, GM. They're going to give you stock options, watch.
3: Yeah, yeah. They'll give me stock options, or they'll give me a can of spam and tell me to get the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs>
2: stock <laughs> prices go. are about the same, actually. Yeah. So.
3: I actually, I... For- GM I knows their.
2: Man. I'm
1: sure GM, even GM knows their stock options are worthless.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's like seven dollars.
1: <laughs> yeah, very, 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 very low volatility on that boy. <laughs> All right, we will. Um, yeah, we'll yeah. polish, polish that turd. We will um, move
0: on to <laughs> um, another little bit of an American. We got kind of an American theme cross, cross, uh, cross. The whole podcast, uh, yeah.
5: Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. This is uh, we're just going to record this and launch this on the Fourth of July. Actually, yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is the goal we have.
1: This today. will all be irrelevant, but yep. So, um, Mercedes
0: Maybach is making a new car, and it is being built and assembled in Alabama. Um, starting price on this puppy is 160k. Um, I mean, yeah, Maybach, right?
5: It's it's the cheapest Maybach in the lineup, which is surprising considering it's an SUV. It's built on the the GLS platform. Mm -hmm. And if you look at this thing, um, try to describe it for any of our listeners who don't have something to pull this up or on right in front of them. But it so the back bench is completely replaced by two fully reclining uh, bucket seats, footrests, and everything. So, I mean, it it compares to some really high end. Bentleys and um, Rolls Royce and stuff like that, and for 160k, it's just—I mean, that's obviously a starting price, and it'll go up from there very quickly. Uh, well, I, the that the point,
1: you can, that's really what you want out of your Maybach SUV. It has to do. It has to do the the cool seats and the you know fold that. But fully that's what I'm saying for right and, for
5: that for that price. It's and a, the
1: money. Yeah, it's not it's a bad, a bargain, it's not a bad price yeah. at all. Because back when they when when they first restarted the Maybach brand in the early early mid 2000s uh they were yeah they were like going after the rolls-royce phantom and stuff Mm -hmm. and they were like well yeah the 62 is half a million dollars and you know the 50 57 i think it was is like you know 350 like there you go so yeah it's nice that they're they're i mean granted i'm sure by the time you put a few options on this thing it's going to be over 200
5: Thing right. with my box right. is that everything is complete. There's nothing that isn't customizable on these things. You can completely pick every mm-hmm. little finish and stitch on these. So it obviously, mm-hmm. I don't think any of them will actually end up selling for 160. But it is nice that that's a the starting price on it, and everything that it compares to, like its direct competitors, are all well over 200,000.
4: So I don't know if What's you it? you guys have heard some of the details it comes with, but it comes with like a. Uh, Fragrance uh, sprayer, I guess, that you can <laughs> emit in there. Comes with massage There's chairs. chairs. Uh-huh.
1: Massage but, chairs, it has to, yeah, because you can get those yeah. in like a roll. Yeah, that's like
5: standard on rolls and stuff
1: like that. Yeah.
4: What I thought think- was interesting, though, it has, um I guess they said it was an EQ Boost integrated starter generator that gives you 21 <laughs> horsepower for a short time. And it has cameras built in to scan the road to make adjustments to suspension i thought that was pretty cool
5: yeah that's a standard my back thing as a fairly recently i was just watching some videos on that they've got it's got like radar that scans the road ahead of you
1: and adjusts the suspension to try to compensate for what's coming which is pretty cool yeah it's an interesting idea and there's no you know there's so many cameras and sensors on cars they have adjustable suspension so hey why not make them talk to one another right i think
0: that the interesting part about these cars is we have to like shift our brains as drivers of cars so much to like assess these cars. They are not meant and They're not cars. for the they people are driving cars. them. Right.
5: You right. don't buy yeah. Yeah. to drive it. You buy it exactly. to be driven around in.
0: The, the mm-hmm. radar to scan the road for bumps is not for the driver to, to like feel better. It's for the guy in the back that's getting massaged in the chair and drinking his champagne to, <laughs> right. you know, right. Right. not, not witness a bump in his, uh, is very very expensive car it's that it's just an interesting class because it's every feature in there is not for
5: the um for the driving It's right? for
0: passenger experience yeah. yeah
5: yeah
3: yeah exactly excellent
0: cool um <clears throat> so we have uh, a little bit of a segment that we've been doing here and there um forgotten cars so We're recapping a couple cars that, you know, every once in a while you're driving around, you see one of those cars and you're like, oh man, that's a thing. Um, And I, it's just fun to kind of bring them up and reminisce. Does everyone, everyone have kind of a a car that they wanted to bring up today?
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I, uh, yeah, I thought of a quick one. I actually did my research this time. Oh my
3: my God. So it's, it's not a Subaru for big ass wing.
2: Uh, (laughs) Next. Anyways, who's up? I'll say, Dan, rip it, Dan. Dan, rip it, Dan. All yet. right. Uh, so I was looking at a Lamborghini, Jalpa, Halpa. I might. Yeah, uh, Jalpa. Jalpa. Yeah, Jalpa. Y- yeah. Um, three point five liter V eight, uh, two hundred fifty five horsepower, um, and six seconds with a top speed of one hundred fifty five miles an hour. Not bad for a car made in the eighties. Um, but it, it just lost traction. You know, like it just slowly phased out people just didn't want it some people
1: talk about them i believe uh adam corolla no no not adam corolla does jay leno have one there's one jay leno has (laughs) like
2: every car i know but i know has one
1: yeah one i think leno has one there's a few Mm. people there's a few people that that talk about them for some reason corolla was in my mind for that too maybe he had one at one point but yeah every once in a while every once in a while that'll that that car will come up, but yeah, not not one that gets mentioned a lot. Obviously, it's a it's a lot about the the Mira and the Kuntosh and mm-hmm. you know late, later on the the Diablo. So yeah. So I think there's like
0: there's kind of two categories of these forgotten cars, right? There's like the ones that are uh limited edition, like not a lot were made. That mm-hmm. is kind of one category. The other category is like nobody really liked them. <laughs> yeah. They crushed them all. Which yeah. which category does this fall into do you think? Uh is it limited I think edition
2: this, or did it suck? It sucked because it was definitely the predecessor to the El Diablo. The El Diablo is like the perfected version of this and it was you know. It just didn't work.
0: Gotcha. Hayden you had one, right?
1: Yeah, I'm going uh I'm going the Toyota Celica Supra, aka mm-hmm. the first generation Supra. That's one that that's one that you really don't hear a lot about. Yeah. Um, and this was that this was simply toyota just trying to make a um uh, a gt cruiser like kind of personal sport cruiser out of the out of their celica at the time um because it was you know the the it was coming out of the the late 70s and that or er, that earlier you know kind of american muscle-ish body style and uh yeah started with Started making this um, straight six, uh, you know, front engine, rear wheel drive sports yeah. car, and what so really started it off. But it was not known; it was not just called the Supra initially. It was the Celica mm-hmm. Supra. It was a it was a trim of a of a Supra, oddly enough. And then uh, by the time the second gen came out, it was its own. It was its own. They split sport. ways.
5: Yeah, the you Celica know? got bastardized and turns to turned to a front wheel
1: drive. Air quotes, sports car. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and then the the Supra became well later on. And what was interesting was uh, as the Celica developed, that ended up kind of being their darling of of the World Rally Championship. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, with the with the, the all track and the GT four, and uh, you know, Carlos mm-hmm. Sainz and a bunch of big you know drivers doing really well with their with their cars. Of course, they did cheat. You know, we don't have to talk about <laughs> that, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, otherwise tremendously successful car. So it, it's, yeah, you're right. It sucks that they went front wheel drive and like, that's the what we didn't get too many cool sporty ones for, for the street, but uh, you know, successful race cars in their own right. For sure. For sure. Cool. Excellent.
4: Um, I, um, I John, you want to go, somebody wants to go, go next Go ahead, okay. I no, you know. just you have a quick one. I, I I just thought of the international scout because I've been I saw one of them recently and okay. you know they kind of almost like a jeep kind of SUV in a way and they were used in off roading quite a bit and now they're just kind of they're hard to find, you know, really, Yeah, they are. And when you do like find it.
5: them, they've had a lot of money put into them. Yeah,
1: yeah Store gener- them. generally, but the the value is quite good compared to mm-hmm. like a Bronco. or an FJ 40 of the, of the day. Cause people aren't, yeah. Yeah. they're not like cultish about international scouts. I don't know. I, I'm not sure what it uh, is. They are in the Midwest. I'm from Indiana and I figure there's are big there. I figure there's some people that are cultish about them, but yeah, just the yeah. market. But not, the yeah. People. Not like the Bronco is. Yeah. Sure. The market is just crazy for, for the, for the old, for the sixties Broncos now. For sure. But yeah, good one. There's a good one. I didn't have it. I don't know too much. I don't know too much about them. Seen them kind of browse and bring a trailer, and yeah, you see one for the first time, you're like, oh yeah, there was this thing too. I was like oh, what what
5: generation Bronco was that? Yeah, they look like
1: they look oh. like, they, well,
0: look like a, they look like they're a Bronco just kind of cranked up to eleven, right? Yes, like they're, they're yeah. just a little bit more Bronco-y than the Bronco, a
5: little burly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Does anybody else have one? Okay, yeah, I've got one. Okay. Uh,
3: Let me go back
5: the uh BMW 318ti the
1: little uh oh, door hatchback, right? 3
5: series yeah.
1: Yeah. so BMW. um interestingly enough um front front bits from an e36 rear yep. bits from an e30 which is <laughs> a, a much less uh, sophisticated uh, rear suspension so mm-hmm. yeah never like the look of that thing it's a very it's a very oddly portion yeah. car
4: they're they're I really mean, big in rally and drifting right now. I know yes, yeah.
1: Yes. That's what yeah,
5: when I first saw one and it was it was probably the first clean one that I saw. I was like, why the heck is this thing why do they want so much for this? And then I realized that yeah, they were they were cheap for a long
1: time because yeah. they were perfect for drifting. Are they considered desirable for drifting because of the shorter wheelbase? I,
4: I, I Could, think so. They're really in high demand, especially for rally especially, yeah.
1: I would have just, I would have just thought that the the multi-link suspension on the E36 is the way to go. But I'm not a drifter. It
5: I think you're a budget drifter. Probably it's a little more desirable. Like I said, they were dirt cheap for a while.
1: That's yeah, you know, that's they're true. they were, they're they're were considered. Rare. Yeah, I was considered undesirable. Right.
0: I I like them. They look like like BMW looked at a Honda CRX and went like, Yeah, let's yes. try one of those. <laughs> yeah, like they just kind like of like the that.
5: back window back on a three series coupe, and just kind of—it's yeah. just weird because it's not like a full hatchback like what used to think. It's still got a little bit of a notch in the back.
1: Yeah, it looks like an it looks like an E thirty. Absolutely no booty on it.
5: Right, right. They just kind of <laughs> exactly. like
1: extended that quarter it just window, lopped off the booty. they just yep. like it, it, the car ends here. Yeah, kind of funny looking cars.
5: But yeah, when you when you see one, it is a bit of a head turner. It's just kind of like, what the hell is that thing? Yeah. Fun little things for sure. All
3: right. 79 X19
1: Fiat. Fiat X19 is a good choice. Yep. There you go. Um slow, so... mid engine. <laughs> some uh some terrible uh, car. some wonderful some wonderful gentleman somewhere put the Fiat five hundred Abarth motor. And one of those, and that seems pretty fun.
3: No, and Peanut Gallery Steve. No, it's not a nine fourteen competitor because it. No, Fiat never competed with anybody. No, it's just they wanted to do a two seater mid engine with a target top. And my old man had one in nineteen seventy nine. It was lime green, and it worked every so often.
1: <laughs> That's one that I forgot that your dad had. He just yeah. kind of had a lot of. I dad had a lot of cars. interesting so. cars over the years.
3: Yeah, so the X 19 I I do remember it very well. Then somebody hit the passenger side door on it, and he was super pissed. Oof. He was. I'm like, "Why are you mad?" <laughs> it's, <laughs> a, it's a Fiat, for Christ's sake! But yeah, that car was fun. So they they were kind of peppy. I mean, they weren't super fast at all. It was never meant to be. You know, it's more like a Fiat. You know. One, two, four, et cetera, you know, in that, in that regard, but they are really, really fun little cars. So I do remember it. So you don't see them around a lot. The one that Hayden talks about, he lives in my area. I see oh, it. Really? I see it every so often. Oh, cool. Yep.
1: But there you go. It's good to know one, one of those is floating around locally. Yep. Was that the end of uh, of forgotten cars? Did yep. We're good. Else? Move on. That's, is that everyone? All right. Good. I,
0: I just want to make a note. I really love that Steve is trying to covertly feed us talking points, and then we're just calling him out on it every single time.
3: You had an option to be in this podcast, Steve. You decided. No, yeah, I could have done. He you,
1: you just said, "Let's. You're cut done." <laughs>
3: All
0: right, we will. Uh, we'll yeah. move on to another BMW topic here. The uh, M, the newest M3 and M4 was released. Uh, Matt, you wanted to. Kind of comment on some silliness on the front grill there.
5: Yeah, so f- a few weeks ago, we kind of talked about our first impressions of the, of the new BMW M3 and M4 and the, the beaver tooth grill. Um, there's a company called Prior Design that has already released renderings of a bumper redesign that you can buy, like basically a body kit for the front clip of the car. And I just think it's funny that they're, they're already rolling to it because they know they have a, they're going to have a huge market for this. This grill, it kind of just brings the grill back to the uh, previous
1: generation's size. Is that going to present? See, one of the things I was wondering, big beaver teeth with a that's teeth with an F grill, (laughs) um, and that's called. And by the way, that's called. It is it is beaver teeth with an F because it's not that's not technically correct. But if your teeth are that long, then you step on them, and then you say beaver teeth. But anyway, uh, what is the cooling uh, situation going to be like? Because I imagine that's why they opened that thing up. That was
5: my first thought was how – because I was looking to see if they added any sort of lower dams or anything below the grill, and it didn't look like it from the rendering. And that could be why they haven't technically fully committed to this design yet and it's still just a rendering because they are waiting for – uh, some performance numbers, but yeah, that was one point that we brought up when we talk about the M3 and M4. Is that a lot of cars are going with big grills for that reason to get better airflow?
1: And I gotta think this isn't gonna be very cheap. No, no. definitely not. Because yeah. it's a. Uh, I mean, I guess it's not that not the hood, but rather the whole front. The whole front bumper. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it doesn't sound doesn't sound uh, cheap on a car that's just coming out. Nope. So is this a german company oh you know what i don't know let me look real quick interesting interestingly enough though i guess you don't have to make you don't have to have an m3 to make it you can build it off of a regular three series in, yeah. in theory but it's not necessarily going to account for all of the all of the cooling issues and other technical things that might come up right yeah it doesn't have the same doesn't have the same engine isn't producing the you know same kind of heat then. right
0: i think probably you can solve that with a couple air dams and air scoops and stuff we'll see how like technically they solve just, that issue
1: i just don't know why it was a big problem i just can't see how it was a big problem before because it's got it seems like it should be getting enough airflow but i don't, I don't know maybe think... they re- maybe they really did just want to do this design I think they really just
3: wanted to do this design because I really don't think it mm-hmm. was an airflow problem because you probably would have heard about an airflow problem. I mean, nothing's, hey, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure nothing has changed in the engine specs. You right. know, no. so they, just want... they want this direction.
5: Uh, you know what? I was wrong. I'm looking at this picture again. First of all, it is is—it is a German company. You're right. Okay. Uh, they added, not necessarily added, but they enlarged the, the grill. The grills underneath of the headlights. So the wow. the two okay. that are underneath the headlights are considerably bigger. It is a, so that, a better look, in my opinion.
3: Okay. So here's here's an interesting well, maybe not interesting, but something to think about. So if they are redesigning that front grill, right? And just basically making it look like the older traditional kidneys. And BMW has a copyright on those kidneys.
5: Um, it's not exactly the old kidneys.
3: Okay. It's
5: it resembles the kidneys, but it's more to the style of the new.
3: Right, it's more angular. Teeth. It's angular.
5: Almost, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. more. It's not so rounded. Is, it,
3: is it far enough removed where you know BMW yeah. won't, won't get German mad and say? No, they'll
5: definitely get German mad, but I don't
1: know that they'll have anything.
3: They'll, so legally, they won't do a Poland. <laughs>
1: I just wonder, <laughs> <laughs> I just I wonder see. if, um, if this is going to be, I don't know. Cause I don't think it, people hated the bangle designs when they came out. I think that was, I think they just didn't age well, but now yeah. people seem pretty polarized about the initial, the initial thing. And I just wonder if that's, if that's how this is ah. going to be, but I don't know. Um, so um, a great, Automotive podcast is uh, the everyday driver of car debate. And one of the guys on there, uh, Paul Schmucker, is actually a trained car designer, a trained designer in general, but has worked on cars. And his theory on this is interesting, that they just wanted to go further down the rabbit hole of aggressive and change things up. And they didn't necessarily, and they just thought that maybe the small kidney design was- kind of holding them back from from become you know going full full aggressive and I don't know. It doesn't always work great. I mean I saw what happened to Lexus. They was like, guys, your cars are boring. Your cars are boring years and years and years. Yeah. And then they they, they right. come out with the angry mouth eventually and it's like, okay, is is your is yeah. your RX gonna eat me? Like I don't know what's I don't know what's yeah, going I think, on with this thing. Right? I, I think
0: honestly this is squarely in the marketing department. I don't think that I don't honestly think this has any technical improvements. It it may improve some MPGs, it may improve some cooling, but honestly, I think it's every every car manufacturer wants somebody to see their car going down the street and say, "Hey, that's a BMW." You know, like I think that yes,
2: I think think they just wanted to join front mount gang. That's honestly, they're like, "Yep, let's do front mount." Yep, that they were like, "Mm, "Let's do it."
1: Front mount gang
2: is good. Front mount gang.
3: Quiet biscuits.
2: Yeah, like our our shadow
0: commenter here is saying, all all publicity is good publicity, right? So they're they're making this big storm about this giant grill, um, and that it is. I mean, we've talked about it twice on this podcast. So you yeah. know, people are talking about this. That is good for them. I, I think this is squarely in the in the marketing department's area, um, mm-hmm. and it makes an opportunity for an aftermarket bumper company. So good for them. <laughs>
1: So, hopefully they make some money off of those
3: I wouldn't say beaver teeth you should look up a koala bear
0: <laughs> we're calling this the koala grill I mean
3: just just look up just just look at a picture of a koala bear like you know face on and then look bit. at the look, doesn't, look at the face on of
1: <laughs> like the 4 my, series my problem is the is the koala bear one big black nose and it's, yeah. not, it's, it's not like a division but there. just put put your imagination in. i can I like see i can no i see what you're getting at you I see what you're getting at. it's a big thing in the center that's just yeah kind of kind of oh. focuses all your attention if if we get the aftermarket
3: part that blacks out you know the chrome piece that he just have yeah. a koala bear i
0: like it a lot but i think we've from here on forward need to uh label this the, the koala grill the koala face BMW. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I mean, it's, it's, it's got yeah, the, uh,
0: right. <laughs> the the blob eye, and the koalas, you know?
3: I mean, to Alex's point, I mean, this is, this is a marketing thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It's, yeah. it just stands out. It says I'm a BMW. Cause you know, every car maker eventually copies each, each other because that design works and it sells and it has a look, you know, and a lot of people be copying, bmw3 series you know how how it looks and its lines and i think they know that they're like okay well copy this
1: yeah well uh going a little long here so yeah yeah, go on to the next one we'll start
0: wrapping up so i got uh one more talk by uh topic just to update on um wanted to quickly mention so ken block is selling um a couple auctioning off a couple of his cars one of them in particular the um RSRX, uh, two of us in this podcast drive Focus RSs, so near and dear to our hearts. Um, Ken Block is auctioning off his car um, from Gymkhana 9. Um, the entire proceeds are going to charity. It's going to Team Rubicon. Team Rubicon is a charity that um, helps with disaster relief. Um, they have helped with the hurricanes down south, and they are also helping with um, logistics for fires going on in both California and Colorado here. Um, the fires in Colorado were very, very apparent to us. So um, pretty cool. I'm not sure any of our listeners have the capacity to buy this thing. Um, by the time you listen to this podcast, um, it will have been auctioned off. Um, so if you're hearing about it from us, go go check out how many ridiculous amounts of monies um, this has been sold
1: for. This uh, thing but- is basically a uh, basically. A, I don't. It's. Um, I think I saw something back in the day on the build of it. It's basically a Focus RS that's been built out to uh, like a rallycross kind of car. Yeah, Yep. it's More essentially like yep. a, a world but to, the, obviously
2: VR, to, the WRC spec.
1: Obviously the Ken spec, yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, it's 600 horsepower, two liter, four cylinder, motor, figure, turbo. Like it's mm. a monster. Yep.
4: yep.
2: Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I know you mentioned, uh, I mean, we're talking about Team Rubicon. Um, for the people that don't know, that is that organization is strictly volunteers. So um, no one's getting paid. They're all just right. trying to help out.
0: Absolutely, yeah, definitely good causes. He's also auctioning off um, a um, Ford GT, the 2009 model, I think. Ford GT. Um, so mm-hmm. just just some cool stuff coming up. I'm um, I'm a big Ken Block fan. Uh, mm-hmm. John currently is wearing a Ken Block shirt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're all big Ken Block fans. He's, uh, oh, he's yeah. a big big figure in the car world. So love to see him helping out some of these charities.
1: Just a just if nothing else, a fascinating dude. Um, I think just from a he's fascinating to me from a business standpoint. I mean, talk about uh, mm-hmm. starting, starting a shoe, starting a shoe co- a skateboarding shoe company, which was of course DC Shoes. You might have heard mm-hmm. of them. They yep. and just becoming the just getting that to becoming a household name, and then just saying, "Well, what do I?" And then I think what sold his stake in the company or. Is yeah. That what happened. So, yeah. so it sells a stake in the company and just says, well, "What do I want to? Well, what do I really? What do I want to do now? I think I'll great. start rally driving. That's <laughs> what I've always liked. WRC. So let's uh, mm-hmm. let's do that. And then yeah, obviously, obviously yeah. onto the Jim Connor stuff, which is great entertainment. It was funny. I, I brought this up to my girlfriend earlier, and I was like, "Yeah, that Ken Block." And she's like,
0: "Who's Ken Block?" She's not uh, in the car. Like, How dare you? Community, <laughs> that's fine. I was like the director <laughs> <That's real laughs> of DC Ken Shoes, block. and she's like. No, that's the uh, Robin Big Guys, right? <laughs> it's like kind of Rob Deerdeck <laughs> was the other half of that foundation. He's the
1: other, yeah, the yeah. other, the other guy from DC Shoes. Yep. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, anyways, wow. uh, cool stuff. Check out what's uh, what's going on with those auctions. Um, we'll move on here real quick to a sponsor segment. Um, want a big I shout you. out to? Oh, go ahead, Terry.
3: Yeah. So, um, yep. So our sponsor is going to be, uh, for auto wash been a sponsor for a very long time. They do offer a wonderful membership, only $25 a month with uh, a special code for our members, which is CCC 2020. That's CCC 2020. So, and the first month is 35 on that. You can wash any car you want, just you know, at least one car wash a day, vacuum as much as you need it. They do have shampoo machines fragrance and you know tire you know air for the tires and yes that is included plus you get a free uh, membership detail and 15 percent off all other of detailing and window tinting services from auto wash so go ahead and check them out they do have a facebook page which is facebook.com slash co and they do have the website which is www.autowashco so they are a sponsor so go check them out and uh get on that membership offer of $25 a month with code CCC2020.
0: Absolutely. I just, uh, just today I drove up to Fort Collins and, um, you know, as we all know, that a pretty significant fire, um, distributing some ash up there, um, and, uh, drove right past one of their auto wash locations and thought, yeah, I probably should stop there. Um, (laughs) yeah
2: good stuff yeah I religiously use i I'll go out of my way just to use them i I honestly love it it's pretty awesome
3: well, they're good people getting yeah, out of them they really are so definitely check it out guys
2: absolutely
0: so we'll uh we'll wrap out our segment today um thank you so much for uh for sticking with us um tell your friends about us uh mention us as much as you can um as always, you can find us on our various social media accounts. Uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash cars and coffee. That's cars with a Z. Um, Instagram at CO cars and coffee spelled out. Twitter, the same handle at CO cars and coffee. Our website, Colorado cars and coffee.com and YouTube. You can find these podcasts on YouTube as well. Um, If you search Colorado cars and coffee, we'll come up. We're also um, posting, publishing this podcast to all of your favorite podcast listeners. So Apple podcasts, uh, Google podcasts, RSS feeds, Pocket cast is my go-to. Um, any of your your most popular
1: uh, should be up on uh, Spotify as well.
0: Spotify. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yep. yep. That is it. Uh,
4: take care, guys. We'll we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Wear a mask.